This is it. Episode 209, No Laugh Track Podcast. We're here at Acme Comedy Company. Uh, we don't record it anywhere else because that would be weird since this is Acme's podcast. <laughs> this is Justin Severson. I am the host. Thank you, Circle of Heat, for letting us play your music there at the beginning. Like I said, episode 209, and it is a first-time guest. Very excited. We've already been chatting here off the mic, and we're going to continue it for yes. you. Dean Edwards is yes, here. Yes, he's here, finally. He's here. Finally to rule. That's right. What's going on? Everybody out there in Podcast land. Welcome, huh? welcome to Minneapolis, sir. Yeah, man. Good, good to be here. You know, show number one down, da- one da- one down, six to go. One down, six to yeah, go. So yeah. Tuesday was good. Tuesday was dope, man. I, you know, I, I, I was telling some of the staff uh, and and the comics uh, last night. I said, you, you don't go into traditionally when when you go on the road first of all most most clubs don't start on tuesday yeah you know which which is uh acme is unique for um because i i I honestly think most clubs don't feel like tolerating comics for for that many (laughs) nights in a row like god let get him out of here but secondly um you know tuesday i i understand the rationale for most people not doing you know early shows in the week because most people like to come out on the weekends mm-hmm. you know for because it's their night out with their girlfriend their husband their wife their 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 family what have you and so Going out on a Tuesday night for most comics, especially if I'm, I'm from New York. So on a Tuesday, Tuesday to me is like workout night, right? Like okay. Usually I'd say Monday, Monday through Wednesday are workout night. Thursday, and this is just whether I'm, I'm headlining on the road or if I'm just in the city back home. Thursday is when I start sort of turning up my gears and okay. anything I've been working on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I'm like right, Thursday comes, so okay, now let's really iron out the uh, iron out the, the 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 wrinkles so that Friday and Saturday you're like ta da, right? <laughs> but last night, man, I I I got here as the show started. Uh, was surprised that. Um, how, what's the capacity in here? Do you know it's how like many it holds? Two seventy five. Okay, so we were a little bit less we, than three hundred. Okay, so we were we were beyond fifty percent capacity on a Tuesday, which I didn't expect. You know, Tuesday also Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday also is sort of a throwaway night for a lot of clubs where they'll they'll do okay. Well, it's uh it's the open mic contest or it's um. It's it's uh, it's ah jeez it's some sort of uh, a radio sponsored sure. event, um, some sort of college promo. night pro you know it's some theme night mm-hmm. you know or here we're gonna we're gonna uh, let because they, they also I know in the city and even on on the uh, on the left coast they'll they'll have like all of the all of the ethnically themed uh, shows uh, yeah like in, hmm. in New York like L A is, is they, and what's funny is. They have no problems making them sound as racially blatant as as they like. It's refried, refried Fridays. <laughs> I, wa- I wonder who's gonna be there, right? It's tripping out Tuesdays because black people love alliteration. <laughs> Mo better Mondays and tripping out Tuesdays, you know, wilding out Wednesdays, and so you know you don't necessarily. Wa- I I never prejudged, but I did come into a club expecting. All right, well let's let's see what what what's going to uh, be waiting for us. Yeah. But I figured, you know what, this club 
has has a, a certain reverence about it because comics that that we know and respect, you know, out in the out in the ether world that listening possibly right now have were all saying to me, "Oh, you're going to uh, oh, you're gonna have fun at Acme. Yeah. That's, that's a good club. Mm-hmm. That's one of the best clubs in the country." And I'm like, "Word." My agent when he when he sent me the offer, he was like, "I hope you can do this because um, this is one of the best clubs in the country." And I actually I was supposed he's to be, right, yeah. And, and <laughs> but you know when I walked in last night, it was it was immediately obvious nice. right you know as soon as i walked in could feel the energy in the room i said you know i'm watching i'm watching uh the comics that went i would i uh, i wish i remembered the comics names just so i could uh, oh that you're working with yeah the, the uh, feature i do know james moore james moore okay. and uh who else did i see is working uh geez i just oh robert burrill is that the host yeah 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 and then there was um there was uh, Drew something from from Hong Kong. He he won a contest over there. Oh wow! And he did a guest spot. And then they had a, a contestant. Yeah, the funniest uh, person. Funniest person. And and the crowd even crowd was very patient with him. You know, because um, he's new. Yeah. And you know, not a lot of stage presence. Written has has his you know couple of minutes of of material, and they they were patient. I was like, wow, these. Okay. You sat out here and paid huh? attention to that. I I wanted to get a feel for the room. Oh, okay, you know what I mean. I, I and it's funny you say that because when I was sitting back there, um, <laughs> well, as I'm sitting in the back, I, I'm uh, I'm I'm saying to myself, why are you sitting out here? And I hear I have like you know how you have the angel and devil on your shoulders. So I have like Patrice O'Neill and and Jim Norton on my shoulders, right? And <laughs> and Patrice, he's like, Dean, why, 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 get out of here, leave? Why are you here, right? And and Norton's like, he stinks. <laughs> Tell him to beat it, you know. And I'm like, nah. But and then the 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 funniest person uh, contestant, he he did something. Something that referenced Prince's passing in a bad way, but in but but in his mind, I could see as a comic. I could I was saying I was like, I see where he thinks that's funny, but no. But myself and the feature, we were that I James. You said was it James? James, yeah. James and I, we both the biggest laugh in the room. We were laughing. Because comics love watching new comedians die. Right, right, right. <laughs> comics are very sinister in that way. Everyone out there in podcast land, we are we're sinister. But we're also, I think, one of the things we like about watching comics tank is you're always curious to see if they're going to save themselves, if they can dig themselves out of oh, the yeah. ditch, you know. And so we were watching, and I was like, I was like, he's going to say, and then he just went somewhere else that went even deep. It, it was like that old cartoon image of Fred Flintstone getting yelled yelled at from every, everyone and he's shrinking <laughs> and he's shrinking <laughs> you know and so he just quit and he the uh the host eventually just walked out on him <laughs> like that's enough you know <laughs> said that's the funniest person uh and it is a contest um but he's the only one that showed up tonight so we'll announce the winner later on you know it's just, <laughs> it was funny tonight's winner is right the right. only guy right what uh, what kind of history do you have with Minnesota in comedy? Um, you know what? I haven't been here probably since 2000-ish, early around the early 2000s. Like before SNL? Yeah, pre-SNL. Really? Because I was, um, I was a, a NACA kid. You know, I... Uh, 
I did the Nationals in, I want to say it might have been Boston. I did the Nationals in 2000, and it was my first. I had done a, a regional one time, and I booked one college out of that. So I went back, licked my wounds, you know, made some adjustments, and I went back the, the following maybe a year and a half, two years later, got in the Nationals, and, you know, I realized that the only way to win in – in anything really but specifically with regards to entertainment and comedy only way to win is just doing you and so i just did me i, I didn't try to uh, conform my my material to a com college crowd i just did the set that i would have done at boston comedy club in new york city in the village and slayed and next thing i know i booked like 75 colleges nice and so from those from doing those schools a lot of them were 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 I had to fly into Twin Cities Airport, right? And then just, you know, arterial out in every direction to go do, you know, I'd have like blocks of three or four colleges okay. in, within maybe an hour and a half, two hour radius and just fan out and do all these schools, man. And and so I, so I, it's funny coming back here. I was like, well, you know, I guess I'm here, so I should go to see paisley park but i saw it before so eh, you know it's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's 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 it looks like an office building like but a white office building white office building but you know but my wife is coming out tomorrow because oh. her birthday's today and mine is this saturday and our anniversary's uh this uh this monday so oh, congrats thank you we survived <laughs> and so uh so we might we might make the try i didn't rent a car so i'm like eh not pressed, you know, do I feel like Ubering way out just to get that one Instagram picture? <laughs> eh. You probably your fans will like it. Yeah, but that's and that the things you do for your fans. Yeah, I I sometimes get first like this morning we we did radio at CBS and as you're leaving you're like, in your mind you're like Okay, I guess I gotta take this picture of me posing in front of the radio sign. Like, huh? See what I'm doing? Uh -huh. I'm living the dream. <laughs> I'm in Minneapolis, people. Minneapolis! Prince is next. Yeah, yeah, right? Prince is next, it's yeah. It's coming. Um, God, I have a... As you can see, I got my notes yeah, here. Got, I got, got my iPad. I got tons of shit Boom. to talk to you about. Um, because it's your first time on this podcast, we should cover a little bit of how you got started. Yeah, in, yeah, it's in fine. comedy. And I've, I read uh, some of your bio, so mm. I know some of the story. Cool, cool. Um, I did. If you went to Wikipedia, I never taught a comedy class. I don't know where that came oh, I, from. I rarely. <laughs> Thank Wikipedia uh, sucks. Yeah, it does. Wikipedia flat out sucks yeah. for uh, facts, right. at least. Um, no, but I do. You were. Let's My see, name is Dion on Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> Dino. Dino. Dino with an I. Yeah. Um, I want to start. Like I saw that you. How did you end up in the service? Oh man, I needed money for school. <laughs> you know, I, I I I joke about it on stage sometimes. Where you know, because anytime you mention you were in the military, you get that. Oh, thank you for your service. I'm like, I I books were expensive, man. I, I needed to pay for yeah for these accounting books, and and the GI Bill was there. So I uh, I joined my um, you know, because unfortunately. I I I learned an, a lesson early on in life, you know, in the whole college application process. Uh, actually, a couple lessons. Number one, I learned that if you're average in school, you know, in high school, uh, it comes back to bite you because. <laughs> 
there are a lot of average kids, uh-huh. and the more average you and and I was average, but on paper it looked like because I had two parents who had decent jobs, it looked like we had money. We were mid, raised middle class, and middle class, depending on where we lived, sometimes you were high middle class, sometimes you were mm-hmm. mid, sometimes you were low, you know. Uh, and uh, and so, but because my dad worked for the state, my mom had a good job. Um, on paper, it looked like we had decent money but i was like that money ain't sitting in a surplus Mm-mm. so with that said i had to, uh i made the decision because my sister who's seven years younger than me was a good student i said you know what she's gonna have to go through this one day i told my parents you know what save your money for her because she's she's because i knew from September 1983 that I was going to wind up on this stage. Okay. On stage. I knew what I wanted to do, but at that particular time, you know, it's the late 80s, I didn't know how to go about it. Um, I said, you know, you you kind of have to go to college because that's just the natural transition. But I don't know how there's not a comedy college. You know, I didn't know anything about Second City and Groundlings mm-hmm. UCB back then. Uh, so I eventually I wound up majoring in communications and media arts. So oh, okay. I said, okay, that, that kind of gets me in, right? Yeah. Um, and I just I you know after a couple of years in in community college, um, I transferred to a different one, and I was like, man, this is this this is frustrating because I see people that come from one parent households that are getting just a lot of free money, you know. And I saw the, the 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 drastic difference. They always had money. I had two jobs, but they always had you know had fly clothes. I I had fly clothes, but I had to work hard to. <laughs> but nothing <buy>. else, <laughs> right? And nothing else, right? You know. Uh, and so I just one day just uh, a, a guy I worked with at Kmart. Actually, two guys, uh, Mike and Scooter. They uh, it's funny I remember their names after all this time, and they um. They were in the reserve. They were in a reserve unit up up near where I was uh, living. And, you know, you get to talking and yeah. now you're talking to a recruiter. And next thing I know, I'm I'm at Fort Jackson, South Carolina. OK. You know, uh, low crawling in 115 degree weather with, you know, in BDUs and, you know, sweating like I've never sweat before with, you know, one inch long tiger ants, you know, that, oh. are, yeah, it's just, it was just, it was a whole new experience, but it was, it was like the best experience that helped, you know, help sort of teach me some, some discipline, which I, you know, thoroughly needed. Yeah. And, uh, and it, it made me realize, you know, like it's, it's hard to, I'm hard pressed for you to get me to say I'm afraid of something. You know, I get nervous. Yeah, if some if someone swings on me, like you know, because guys are like, "Yeah, I made you jump." Yeah, you're supposed to jump if someone looks like they're gonna punch you. It's it's, it's uh, your natural instinct saving Ex- you. Exactly yeah. right. So I'm human, so I, I I get nervous, but I'm not I'm not really walking around afraid of of anybody or anything. You know, and especially being a comic. Um, you know, you just over over the years. This is now. I've been uh, been doing this uh, since since February twenty first, nineteen ninety two. So I'm twenty four and a half years in. It's hard to get me. I'm not afraid. If mm-hmm. it, you know whether it's doing that first show, uh, you know at Apollo night at uh, Monroe Community College in Rochester, New York, or follow, having to follow LL Cool J. 
uh, Method Man, Red Man, and DMX as he was becoming D- DMX. You know, yeah. I had to follow them. At, uh, my second TV show taping, Showtime at the Apollo. I had to go on after them, and and everyone else is like, "You gonna be alright?" But I'm a hip hop head, so I was like, "This, I, I'm gonna ride that wave." Yeah, you know, and I wrote it. You know, those that those things all feed. Your your psyche and let you know you know what I I I got this I'm not I can't really walk around afraid and it's something that you hope to instill in your children you yeah know? if you that's what I was gonna ask if you have, not your children necessarily but if you uh, they're nice young girls mm-hmm. but have you ever um, have you ever had to talk with somebody con- considering like joining the military like um I have I've 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 told them you know pros cons you know um and because there are many you know you have to. There's a there's a you have to submit just like any other relationship you 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 sign sign your, your your life away for however many years you decide to join and you can be activated at a moment's notice. I got out of basic training and Desert Storm started. Okay. Like literally the first newspaper because you you have no access to news media while you're while you're essentially being programmed mm-hmm. to soldier, you know, and uh, first newspaper I see says Operation Desert Shield now Desert Storm we are at war I'm like whoa I just needed to pay for some books huh? <laughs> no Viet Cong ever call me nigga wrong war you know huh? <laughs> like, I, uh, you know and, and so uh, you know I just I fortunately they activated half of my unit and fortunately, I didn't have to go. Wow! You know? But that that was that was real, you know. And, and so I tell I, any anytime someone like someone comes up to me and is like or younger, because um, I've had some of my you know good friends, nieces and nephews join, mm-hmm. or, and because they know he and I were both in uh, the army together, you know, they ask me, Uncle Dean, how how? Because you you stupid, you you. Re-. I'm like, yeah, but I ain't want to do push-ups. I ain't want to do diamonds. <laughs> I, I fortunately, when I was in, going through uh, boot camp, there were there were like two or three other dudes that were about six three, six four, my complexion that that you know wore uh uh, uh you know the glasses. Um, that what do they call birth control uh, glasses? Because they're so goofy looking, <laughs> and and so I just I I learned early on. I was like blending, keep your mouth shut. I don't. I'm I'm here for how many weeks? Let me get through this. Yeah, and, and keep it moving and get my check. You Damn. know. Do you ever use the uh, military discount? You know what? I don't. But I um. Why I not? Actually, I'm, well, here's what's funny. I'm probably because my brother-in-law uh, was also in the um in the army and he actually went over um uh, a couple of years ago he he uh was activated and um he reminded me he was like no nah, man you know you have to uh you should uh the, the, i think what's the there's a military insurance that that you can get so i'm like i have geico um and i'm like he's like yeah why well, you're paying way too much man you can- my wife's uh Grandma, uh, yeah, her grandmother was uh, in the army. She has that. And yeah, it's about how fantastic it is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm probably switching next when I get my uh, next vehicle. And your family members get on it too, and everything. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, boom. Well, <laughs> there you yeah, go. So I'll, I'll be. Yeah, just because you know what, and for you, you know, people, because you know what, because I joined it for 
so I guess you, some could s- say selfish reasons. Like I didn't, ju- I, I joined it, um, and th- it wasn't about you know because I know some people that joined for for love of country sure. and tradition of family, and so when people applaud, I'm almost embarrassed because I'm like I didn't, I didn't join for these altruistic reasons that some of you might have. I don't have an American Eagle tattoo, right, or do you? Right. Oh, hello. <laughs> you know. But but I still serve my country, you know, proudly. I'm proud that I, that I was able to, you know, and, and and I know that there are, you know, um, especially with the history of of black people in this country, there's there's a there's a uh, what did Chris Rock say? <laughs> he said, "Oh, well, you're black in America, Uncle Sam. You know, you appreciate, you love living here, but it's kind of like." It's that uncle that 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 molested you when you were a kid, you know. <laughs> but here, take this money. I'll pay for your college, right? <laughs> you know, and so I so I understand that 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 there's a there's a there's a a weird sort of dichotomy that that um, you know when 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 Eric Garner, I remember being at um. My my buddy's name is General, and I was at his house. Eric Garner's the 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 uh cat that uh was selling loose cigarettes and i think staten island they they, they the uh police choked him out mm-hmm. and and then even right now i can still hear that i can't breathe i can't breathe so that was very haunting to me and i remember at, i was sitting at general's house when uh the cops were not indicted and the the news came out the police officers were not, not indicted and they they'd walk and i remember him saying he's like you believe this crap man i I serve my country, and and this happens, you know, and, and it's it's a, and when you hear that, you're like, yeah, man, it's like I, you know, you do everything, and I've been talking about it on stage yeah. more. It kind of it, it fucks with your pride. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. it, it, it can, you know, um, because you you know, especially as a parent, you tell your children, look, look, do everything. You know, uh, you know, uh, always, always stick to the golden rule and treat others as you want want to be treated and, mm-hmm. and show people proper amount of respect. And you shake someone's hand and you look them in the eye. All these things you're taught coming up and, and you do. And, uh, you know, last night I, I had a woman come up to me because I was I was talking about it. Uh, and she said, you know what? Thank you for talking about that, because I was good friends with Philando Castile. Mm-hmm. I was like, I was like. I was like, oh, she said, when you first started talking about it, I was crying. And I was like, uh, so now, and wow. this is meet and greet and taking pictures. People have their iPhones out. But now there's a small, smaller crowd. She waited for most of the crowd to die down. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, where is this going? And she was like, no, you know what? But as you spoke about it, I was like, you know what? Me being a a, a, a white woman that has a privilege that I'm some probably unaware of. She said, I appreciate you opening up and, and having the discussion because it informs people. And I, and, and I really appreciate, we, we hugged out and everything because I, I said, you know, if, if, if as a, as an entertainer, I can, you know, help move the dialogue dialogue forward. Then I feel like, you know, I, I'm, I'm doing something, something powerful, something bigger than just, uh, you know, <laughs> fart jokes <laughs> <laughs> something uh <clears throat> had a strange coincidence on the drive over here i was uh-huh. listening uh well we could mention it now you have a podcast mm-hmm. that the you follow market protocol on uh all things comedy network uh that's that's al magical and bill burr shout out to yeah. them uh they 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 pulled me into the 
family um, a little over two years ago. And we're, we're, uh, I've been lazy with it. I, I, you know, it's funny because you said you're at what, 207? Episode 207? Yeah, 209, 208, yeah, 209. something like that. Yep. Yeah, I, I was so gung-ho because I hit 100, right? <laughs> it was two years, hit 100, and then I got, what happened was I, I, got a little lazy not complacent just lazy because the road and i i i have to invest in some new recording equipment because the the uh i was using uh, on the road sometimes just using my ipad and my Mm -hmm. memories run out so now it's become just more challenging because i i have a sound engineer that would come over and but yes the father marking protocol on all things comedy y'all check it out some some great episodes i fly solo in a majority of episodes i and you know what made me start the podcast was i was as most most people are people were reluctant to the podcast because everybody seemed like they were popping up with one Mm mm-hmm and so I was like, man, I don't want to do one. And then my my producer, uh, Joseph Vesey, funny funny uh, younger comic, um, he has a uh, podcast called The Callback. I, I know this seems like I'm a rapper, like, yo, check out The Callback Podcast, son. It's going down. Um, he has a podcast uh, called The Callback. So he and he's somehow Joseph Vesey is, is brilliant because he somehow found a way to get interviews with people that nobody else he's he's had tim hurley he uh who was one of the head writers on uh snl for years he um he's had uh uh shoot uh larry moss who who's an acting coach i just recently worked with uh most larry moss's most recent success with an actor comes in the form of leonardo dicaprio winning an oscar for the, uh, for the, uh, Revenant? The, the Revenant recently. Wow. Um, he's worked with everyone. He worked with Hillary uh, Swank on both of her Oscar wins. Um, Michael Clark Duncan, you know, for the Green Mile. Yeah, yeah. And this dude has three episodes where the, one of the most sought-after acting coaches uh, living in America today who's worked, who came up under Stella Adler, he finagled his way because... Because Larry worked with with Rock on uh, Top Five, and and Joseph was somehow working maybe as PA or production assistant on it, and he just he he asked, you know, sometimes yeah. Man, look, I I feel uh-huh. like I'm on my my show. The protocol for this episode, because I always drop like a jewel. Uh-huh. The protocol. Sometimes you just ask, mm-hmm. you know, if you see a fine girl that you want to holler at, just. Go talk to her, because chances are she's so fine, everybody else is afraid to go talk to her. Sometimes all you have to do is just go open the dialogue, mm-hmm. open the conversation. And so I did his his podcast, and in recording it, I told him, I said, yeah, I've been thinking about doing one. Myself and Big J Okerson, we had something we were pondering doing. And Vessi was like, well, you know, if you if you uh, if you ever want to do it, let me know. I'll, I'll I'll help you, Michael, our my sound engineer. He'll record. And next thing I know, every every week they started coming over, and we recorded my living room. And I've I've had a number of uh, great guests, uh, comics that if you don't know who they are, you should. From from like I said, Big J Ogerson, we did three episodes. I think he's one of our highest highest rated uh, listened to episodes. Greer Barnes. Uh, brilliant comic just uh, opened for uh, Louis C.K. In, in New York at uh, Forest Hills. Ted Alexandro oh, tour, yeah. touring with Jim Gaffigan right now. Ted, to me, one of the most uh, unsung 
stand-ups working today. He's really funny. Ted He's is really funny. Ted is fire, man. And yeah. and I, people always ask what episode. Listen to the the Ted Alexandro episodes. Judah Friedlander. Judah and I when we recorded, we we we've known each other probably close to twenty years and. We didn't even talk about comedy. So after about an hour, we were like, we got to do another episode because, yeah, yeah. and we just, we just had, had a blast. So I've had, I've had a bunch of, uh, good friends, you know, uh, Harris Stanton, a good buddy of mine who was in the, um, the car wreck with, uh, Tracy Morgan and oh. Artie Fuqua, yeah. you know, um, you know, uh, just a Mark Theobald, my writing partner, who's who's touring with Tracy right now, writing his next special with him. You know, we've just had a bunch of talented individuals that people may not know about, but anyone that listens to podcasts should know about mm-hmm. because these are the guys that in a couple of years or, or even now you're going to be hearing about them. Soon. Well, that is one of the things that people love, like me personally that I love about podcasts that I got into before I ever started hosting one uh-huh. it was learning like here in the comics right. that I already knew about and then like seeing a name like I have no idea who that right. is and then falling in love with them right. and becoming a right. fan of them there's right. nothing better right. but I wanted to say that on the drive over here I was listening to your most recent episode oh okay the, oh yeah yeah, yeah it, wow. was, it was yeah, got yeah, pretty yeah. deep it was yeah, talking yeah. about some of the things we're talking about or that you were already talking about like Philando and all that yeah, stuff yeah well you know what and I, I think I even said in that episode so I I couldn't I couldn't record. Uh, I had to take a week off. Oh, I know? understand because uh, the, the I'm actually like even it's it's hitting me now like because the day uh, when 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 it he he was shot Monday night. The Philando I know very well, but it was on a Wednesday evening. Wednesday evening because Thursday morning I uh, uh, yeah I didn't find out until the next morning, and it was right. the day after I'd recorded a podcast. And the night before, but the day before was another one. Mm-hmm. What city was that? Uh, that was uh, was it the one in Louisiana? Yeah, and that's, there's so many. There's like, so many. I know. Now, it's you know? Hard to... And and so that's. When when one happened and then I woke up it was the, the next Elton morning. Sterling, yeah, 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 Sterling, Sterling happened and then then the next morning to wake up and and see it on the new and and what what's even like I said going back to uh, Eric Garner in Staten Island, I I was it 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 became frustrating because I said you know does no one realize that they're showing killings they're showing people die. On on the news, I don't care if you put a blur up twenty four hours after you've run it through the news cycle. Um, that means for twenty four hours you had this unfiltered shot of someone laying there dying. That I remember d- when uh, you know you and I are relatively the same age. Mm-hmm. Uh, remember twenty five years ago, the only time you could see video of someone being killed mm-hmm. like that was one of those uh, faces of death. Faces of death, right? Faces of death. Yeah, you had yeah. to go to the video store you and had rent to, you that. You had to go to the back of the video store behind the curtain yeah. because they had all the graphic of triple uh, X and then of graphic nature. You'd rent this movie because you didn't want people knowing you picked. Picked up the box, you bring it home, or my friend's mom, who right. were going to go watch it at right, their house. Right, 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 <laughs> and, and all your friends would crowd around to watch someone that got hit by a train, mm-hmm. or someone that uh, was using a, a buzz saw and they they didn't move their hand quick enough, so their finger flew off. Yeah, now it's part of the news cycle, and because 
the, the image was one that you're constantly seeing black men that are getting shot. It affected me in a way where I said, you know, I'm glad I don't ha- I'm home. I have no shows. I, I don't have to work till this weekend in the city. I'm just going to lay low mm-hmm. to get my head around all this because it was a lot to a lot to take in, a lot to deal with. And then a lot to have to go out into a world and, and still carry on, you know, with with. With this, like I said earlier, I don't walk around afraid, but I'm aware. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm very aware of of people's perceptions and prejudgments about about me. You know, and that's and that's what I've been uh, talking about on stage, which is what uh, um, uh, the young lady that came up mm-hmm. to me last night uh, addressed was that it's sort of the elephant. In the, I can, as a young black male, I have to because it's the elephant in the room. Of everyone's subconscious, even that, that, even though I don't, you know, no one's necessarily saying, "Oh, here's a black guy. I guess he's going to talk about it," you know. <laughs> but it's on everybody's mind. Yeah, so, what better time to talk about it than while it's fresh in everybody's head? Yeah, and and well, like, and especially you're in Minnesota and, 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 and in Minnesota. I mean, I li- I moved from the neighborhood where uh, Philando was shot. Mm-hmm. I lived over there just two and a half years ago. And when Did I you saw move this- right after the happened, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> like I got to get out of here, out of here. Uh, so you, you see, you think about that, and you think about how many times I've driven down that road. Right, and yeah. It's just crazy yeah. shit. Um, but I, I, on my, it was pretty surreal this morning when I was driving here to come and talk to you. I was listening to your podcast, mm-hmm. and within. I'm not going to exaggerate. Two seconds mm-hmm. of you saying his name for the first time, mm-hmm. I was driving underneath the bridge on 94, oh, where wow. that next weekend people came and shut down wow. the road, and there were you oh, know wow. altercations with yeah. cops and pe- it, a crazy event. Oh wow, surreal! That's and wild. no, I'm not kidding. Yeah. I'm driving by, and there's the Dale Street Bridge, uh-huh. and you just said his name. Like oh, here, wow. I, I'm right here. Right, right. I'm at right. not exactly Ground Zero, but yeah. This day three ground zero. Yeah, yeah, his, yeah. His, definitely, definitely his home, and and that's that's and w- what's crazy is when I got booked here, I was excited, and then Prince passed, and I was like, oh geez, I was like, <laughs> how's the mood gonna be in in the city? Yeah, because this iconic one of a once in a generation, once in a, a world yeah. worldwide generation. Uh, artists you know suddenly die you know it wasn't like that's the thing too with like these artists passing with someone like prince what what hits so hard is the fact that he looked like the model citizen model of health you know he always he think about it prince i used to joke that prince looks like uh jasmine guy whitley from a different world i know who that is (laughs) and for that was more for anyone that might not know but i always said you ever notice you never seen prince and jasmine guy in the same room at the same time but if you see prince if you saw jasmine guy now you'd see she looks a little older Mm mm-hmm Prince, for the most part, aside from different hairstyles, mm-hmm. looks like the same Prince that you knew from 1999 yeah. to Purple Rain. He never had an Rain. obese yeah. uh, stage right. of his life. Right, right. You you never look like, oh, damn. There's, there's, you know, there's like, there's young Elvis and then there's bloated Elvis. Yeah. You know, Prince was always the same Prince. Uh-huh. Right? And, pocket and, size. Yeah, <laughs> pocket size. <laughs> He's just a little cute. Yep. And, um... And so his passing was just abrupt, 
Yeah. You know when when people pass. But the uh, the good thing is is that the celebration it turned oh. into a huge celebration. Yeah, I never made it yeah. down, but like downtown Minneapolis here was oh, you know yeah. I don't know if you saw it online yeah, or anything. I, saw, I, saw, I mean, blocks pictures. closed off with people dancing and singing and which, insane. Which, honestly, as an artist, that's that's really what you. Isn't that what we you do it for? That's that's legacy, you know. That's that's um, and I guess that's where uh, you know my material has been going lately is is because uh, I do a lot of pop culture and and uh, you know keep my material evergreen in that everyone can get into it. But I'd say in the last year or two, it's not. I won't. I don't think it's angry. I know it's not angry because it's not coming from an angry place. It's probably what people would say. It's a little darker, okay. you know, because I'm dealing with things that some might say, well, that's morbid. But I like addressing them because they're things that we all experience, whether yeah. it's whether it's uh, your own mortality uh, um, to 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 uh, the fears uh, uh, of others or other people's prejudices about each other mm-hmm. about or about who I am, you know, and, and so when when I when I come off stage and and you have this woman that knows knows the person that's part of this Ground Zero, you know, in Philando, uh, uh, rest in peace. Um, you know, you feel like all right, you know that I'm leaving some mark mm-hmm. so that when I leave Minnesota, maybe I touch someone, you oh, know, and, sure. and, and I've been joking that I'm famous. I, I have tasted fame and people do. There are people that do know who I am, but um, you never have to worry about me committing suicide because I'm not famous enough yet. Like, like when I like what that's in. Is that arrogant that when Prince died, I was like, see, I need that. I need I need a whole city to shut down. And I need I need, you know, people, you know, just drawing murals of my face on on. Yeah property that's not Polly Shore did a movie about that. Polly Shore is dead where he faked his right, death to right, try to be yeah. famous. Right. Right. That but that's to me that's when 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 you pass away not just for your 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 children and your family legacy but also you want to as as an as an artist as an entertainer you want the world to say Oh, you know, this was one of the good, good ones. Yeah. He, he, I, I, when when I die many years from now, I want people like, yo, I saw that dude. You know what? Yeah, he became this big TV and film star. But I remember seeing him at Acme Comedy Company uh, back in 2016. And he and he always seemed like just real approachable. You know, that's, yeah. that's, that's what I want. Yeah. That's because that's, I, I feel like... Uh, like Bernie Mac, like people always ask me on SNL, who's my favorite host, right? And I have like my my top five with like a Queen Latifah, Matt Damon, you know, Reese Witherspoon, because she was my first, you know. But Bernie Mac, man, he, he just, I met Bernie when I first started in 92. I met him maybe six to eight months in. And he was very down to earth. I didn't know how to approach him, you know. I went backstage at one of his concert appearances, and I'm like, "Hey, Bernie, hey." He's like, "I'm, I'm gonna be there one day." He's, You're already there. You, there's room at the cross. You're gonna be. You there right now? We standing. Ain't we? We both breathing the same air, ain't we? You know. And uh, and fast forward a little over a decade later, he's in my office, and I got to tell him that story and, and tell him thanks for encouraging me yeah. you know and then just watching how he maneuvered and and you know like on SNL when guest hosts would come into the show they'd sit at uh in this chair in front of Lauren's desk and 
only three heads is the only three people ever ever uh stood at the door and introduced themselves to every writer and cast member that walked in it was uh Al Gore, because he's ahead of state. Uh, John McCain, because uh, he's ahead of state. And Bernie Mac stood there. Hey, I'm Bernie. Good to meet you. Really? And I, and I, I just, I, I, that always stuck with me. I was like, that's classy, mm-hmm. man. That's, that's dope. Because that's really cool. We, here we are years later, and I still, of all the things that I remember about him, all the, all the great comedy he gave, you know, I just remember him just saying, hey, we humans. I'm, 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 I'm right. I'm in the trenches with you. I know you know who I am, but I want to shake your hand and look you in the eye anyway. I just, I, I, I think there's something dope about that. He was so freaking cool. Yeah, man, Bernie, Bernie was, uh, <laughs> Bernie was cool. He, he's the His coolest. His TV show was funny too. Ah, man. dude, let me tell you something. All these shows that are winning now, you know, like, like, uh, even, even everybody hates Chris, which was came around the same time. Mm-hmm. I just think Bernie Mac's show because they won like Peabody Award and uh, they got nominated for a bunch of uh, you know awards, but that show was just that the way they shot it, the way he talked to his, the kids. way the way he spoke to the kids, just cold. purely. I, I, I beat you to the white meat shows, you know. <laughs> uh, uh, the him breaking the fourth wall. And, and and testimony to camera like I his show to me Modern Family to me is is uh, an offshoot I mean and there are other shows that that have done the same thing mm-hmm. uh, but I, I feel like his show is is up there uh, amongst the shows that helped birth a new generation of uh, family sitcoms yeah, where that. you didn't need a laugh track. But but you could still laugh just as hard. Dude. That's why I named this podcast No Laugh Track. You don't. Oh, yeah, I don't. Oh. You don't need a shitty don't laugh track to tell me it. what the funny parts yeah, exactly. are. Exactly. Yeah, I'm I'm a comedy fan. I'll pay attention right, on my right, own. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I'll that, decide. And I think that's always important. That this is interesting for you to say that because. I think with what we do, you know, you, you got to remain a fan of it. You know, I see so many comics get jaded. Comedians are easy to get jaded, you know, because they start getting a little success. They start making, you know, a little bit of money. And so it's very easy to, I am mean, now a judge of comedy. I don't just, <laughs> I am not just a performer, but I watch it and I turn my, and, and but that's why I could sit out in the audience Last night, not just to get a feel of the, of the uh, room, get a feel of the crowd, but also, you know, get a feel for, okay, what's, how's, how's the host energy? Will I have to make any adjustments to bring them to where I want them to go? Mm-hmm. You know, um, I'm a fan of it, man. If you may, and I, and I told the, the host, ah, oh, jeez. Chose a host that that I keep forgetting the names. I swear it's only Tuesday. I'll know it by Friday. <laughs> um, I told him afterwards. I said, "Yeah, man, I like that uh, that joke you did about uh, he has this thing about ISIS that was was funny. Okay, you know? it was really really funny. And hey, I want to uh, get your thoughts on. Uh, we talked about the legacy of Prince. Mm-hmm. Is uh, is Miss Cleo? We lost Miss oh. Cleo yesterday. <laughs> 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 Call me now. Ask for Cleo. <laughs> that was one of the first sketches I wrote on SNL. We wrote a Miss Cleo uh, spoof who, commercial parody. Who played her? Ah, some late. Oh, but you know what? I think I might have written it for me. I thought, damn, wow. That's, I remember writing it. It didn't go because I, I did not realize that 
the commercial parodies weren't supposed to be celebrity pieces, right? Like on SNL, there's mm, just okay. a format to what they do. We did it at the table read. I think it did okay. I think it got laughs, but it just it wasn't. And it was my my first episode, so yeah. it wasn't going. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I remember. Call me, darling. Call, call me now. Ask for Cleo. If you so psychic, how you didn't know that you were going to go bankrupt? No. <laughs> and we were going to all be like, she doesn't sound Jamaican. Kind of sounds more Irishy. Do you, do you, do you remember where, where you were when you found out that she wasn't really Jamaican? No. You know, my wife is West Indian, so I knew oh, really? immediately. Oh. Yeah, my wife is British Jamaican, so I, yeah. You, you, when you're around it enough, you know who, who has a real accent and who is trying too hard to make you think that they are <laughs> speaking from, from Kingston, Jamaica. <laughs> <laughs> I just went to Jamaica for the first time ever. Oh, in uh, January. Where, where did you go? Uh, Ocho Rios? Uh, uh, Negril. Oh, Negril. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Fantastic. Where'd you, uh, where'd you stay? Uh, the, oh my God, what is it called now? Uh, they have, we stayed in a place that looks like a little tree house. Oh, oh wow. Uh, okay. On the beach, you have to walk across the street where the guy with the sign holds the sign out to, you know to maybe stop traffic. Right. So you don't right. get run over with somebody driving a hundred. After I said, where'd you stay in my mind? I was like, Dean, stop acting like you know, <laughs> know Jamaica so well. <laughs> Actually, we've we've been we've been, but I don't know like that. But I know. Did you uh did you do like the Duns River Falls and jumping off the? Uh... We went to we went to a couple of those. We didn't do the Dun River Falls. We okay. went to some other ones. We okay. went to we had a uh, authentic meal on the side of the road oh, where they okay. you know where it was yeah. like made on these yeah. freaking stone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was crazy, but, but it was delicious. Yeah, had you're getting me hungry right now. Conch yeah. soup. Oh yeah. I looked at it and it looked disgusting, but yeah, it was delicious. No, get get was like delicious. oxtails and then, then, yeah. and then uh, stewed chicken or jerk chicken. And my like every Sunday, I, um, if I'm home, I go to my mother-in-law's and she throws she she throws down stin like she she like she's she actually she lives in Jamaica now, but she she she's from England. By she's from Jamaica, lived in England, then moved to the states, Brooklyn. And she just, I think they built a house in Jamaica a couple of years ago. So she just, she's retired. So she moved back to Jamaica and she just got back maybe two months ago. So I've been like, oh, look, can we go? Can we go to your mom's horse Sunday? Cause now you're she, getting, uh, I'm getting, I'm getting hungry right now. I felt the uh, jerk chicken when I had it there. Mm. I, I've never had anything that compares to that. Uh, yeah. You would, you could just tap. The chicken yeah, and, and it, it falls and off the bone. Just, yeah, yeah, it just falls off yeah. and it's in this. Oh, yeah, look, you're getting hungry. Now. I can't look, wait. To... I'm mad. I have this damn pizza. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll be going. I'll be going but, back. But thank you. Uh, pun- was it punches or punch? Punch. Whatever. Punch. Yeah, decent pizza. That's a good place. Yeah. Uh, I do have some SNL questions. Of course, for yeah. you. I the one I'm sure you asked every time, but I don't know the answer. And I mm-hmm. want to know what. How did? What did you? Uh, I know, you always hear the stories about you go in front of Lauren, do your characters or yeah, whatever. I, 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 you know what? And yeah, I have. I've told this, I, but I don't mind telling a story because it's a it hopefully inspires somebody. I I lucked out. I uh, the the year before SNL, um, I remember Chappelle had always said, "Man, go to L.A. when they call for you." Right, and so I excuse me, I finally was was called to. Uh, 
UPN network uh, back when there was the UPN and the WB. Oh yeah, UPN had a sketch show. WB had a sketch show called Hype. UPN was doing a sketch show. Oh, that's right. Uh, they flew me to L- they saw me to New York, flew me to LA to uh, to screen test, and I stunk because <laughs> uh, I because I didn't understand the world of sketch comedy. Um, so I was just con- trying to. People don't understand. Uh, the layperson doesn't understand that there's so many different facets of, of comedy. Even com- even stand-ups, you know, will get, man, uh, why do they call Melissa McCarthy a comedian? She's not a comedian. I'm like, well, yeah, she's a comedian. Because if you ever saw a spy or 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 uh, uh, bridesmaids, you can't tell me that's not comedic brilliance. It's just a different, it's a different chamber, different mm-hmm. flavor of comedy. Yeah. Um, but she's brilliant at it. Lucille Ball wasn't a stand-up, but you can't tell me she, she is not a uh, uh, comedian's comedian, you yeah. know, and so I didn't know that there was a different form. I knew it was. I knew there was improv and there was sketch, but I had not yet learned um, to make the adjustment of transition. So you, you weren't in a you weren't in a sketch troupe in the no. military, right? 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 <laughs> uh, can we have a theme? Can we have a theme and a location? <laughs> Zip, zap, zoop. So, <laughs> so, um, so after coming back from uh, L.A., instead of I'm, I'm always one for self assessment, and the only way to get better is to Look in the mirror and tell and and see your flaws. You know, not don't don't praise your strengths if you're not. You got to take the crooked with the straight. So, I uh, I realize okay, this was I didn't like that feeling of of someone taking a chance on me and me just bombing. Yeah. You know, and so uh, so uh, Second City had like a satellite class, at, which was in a in a small I don't even know it was a theater but it was right next to the uh, the comedy cellar upstairs so I went there for about eight weeks just learned some improv um, and the following year and that was concurrently occurred right when I was doing uh, the NACA thing so uh, when I when I I had to tell my agent I got to slow down on the NACA stuff, and then I started booking commercial work. I had a commercial, a Snickers Crunch Cruncher commercial that premiered during the Super Bowl. That's what helped me uh, join SAG. That got me in the oh, SAG. Okay. Then I then I I booked my first uh, film with Damon Wayans, uh, Marcy X. Ooh, wow. Uh, RCX <laughs> took like three, four years before it came out. We shot that in 01. It didn't come out till like 04, 05. Uh, so, yeah. Woo. You had already been telling people it's yeah. not coming out. Yeah, yeah. I was like, people are like, what happened to that movie? I thought you said you were in a movie with Damon. Oh, uh, yeah. Don't, yeah. <laughs> I spent that money four years ago. Right? <laughs> so, uh, then Mad TV, the summer 01, Mad TV had uh, uh, auditions. I remember couple like donnell rollins ashley larry mm-hmm. which was at my audition uh uh owen smith who's written on numerous shows very funny stand-up and just a bunch of sketch performers so i remember going and when i found out i was doing the mad tv audition i was more calculated with it so i said all right you know what i can't i gotta do this my way and so most sketch auditions and this is this for anyone that that uh, here's this because I know Mad TV is is coming back, yeah. so maybe you can use this information to prepare. Um, most sketch shows they they want three characters and three uh, and three impressions. I going back to that UPN thing, I was like, I don't really have these strong characters. Uh, but I but I saw Jimmy Fallon's uh, audition on for SNL. My manager had had this is before YouTube, so. 
he got me the tape and I watched it and I noticed Jimmy's not, he doesn't have any strong characters in an audition, but he had some great impressions. So I said, you know what? If you do, they tell you to do three, but if you do three characters and uh, and more than three impressions, but you do all this within the three minutes they allow, they're not going to get mad that you went over if you did something well. So I just brainstormed. I said, you know what? I'm going to do these three characters in less than a minute, right? Here's my, and I remember one was like, here's, here's my, uh, this, this is a character who's, you can't see it um, audibly, but it was a character, here's a character, his mouth uh, doesn't sync up with his, with what he says. So anytime he speaks, anytime he speaks, his, 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 <laughs> like, what y'all don't see is like, when I'm talking, my lips move after what I say. <laughs> Right, and so I it was dumb, dumb, but it was it was quick enough. I could do that, and did like one or two. This poet, this slam poetry character, um, and then I said, all right, instead of I, and it was, it was about maximizing time. So I said, I only have three minutes. So this is where the stand up uh, can, can sort of came into play with the sketch. I said, you know, if you set it up. You can just set it up and then go. So I said instead, because you lose time, if you say, here's my impression of Christopher Walken uh, working at a bank. And now that's now taken up 10 seconds versus me saying, uh, here's my impression of a black award show that Chris Rock and Chris Tucker, are the host, Jay-Z's doing a duet with Erica Badu and Denzel Washington and, and uh, Sam Jackson are presenting James Earl Jones with a Lifetime Achievement Award. Now I say all that. And that's 15 seconds, but now I have a minute and a half to just go. Yeah. So I'm, so I'm, and and I'm also going to impress them because because I'm going for Chris Rock's voice. Hey, hold on, man. What do you mean, man? Hey, hold on, Chris. I was the first Chris that was funny. Now you coming? <laughs> you know, and that. So now they're seeing the mild schizophrenia of mm-hmm. me bouncing from character to character and how quickly. And they also get to see. And Lauren said this when when he he's like, I really, you, I really like your uh, your you showed you had writing ability you know and that's what I was going for so I did that in the mad tv audition I did I start I said let me do my characters first so I did the impressions so I did the impressions first then I did my characters and then uh Nicole Garcia's guest director she says um who who else can you do so I was like all right I gotta I was like who else will get throw names and she starts throwing she's like uh, the kings of comedy she was like Steve Harvey I was like well that depends on what you want me to say you know and I didn't I didn't even necessarily have Steve Harvey down pat, but I knew enough that I could wing it, uh-huh. you know, in, in, and so I was in there instead of three minutes for like eight minutes. And I remember when I, uh, Left as I walked out, Donnell, who, who's a friend of mine, Donnell was like, "Yo, youngin, you got everybody out here vexed. They hate you right now because you could hear her laughing." Oh, uh-huh. and I was in there for a long time, so I leave, and after. Um, after the audition, I, I didn't even make it around the corner. My manager calls. He says, yeah, I don't know what you did, but they you have a callback for tomorrow. They want they want you to come in with producers. They're sending a scene. You're going to learn the scene. I was like, all right, cool. So I'm geeked. I'm like, I got a callback for Mad TV. That's what's up. That night, I just happened to have a showcase at Stand Up New York uh, Comedy Club in, in uh, New York City, in the Upper West Side. And because I'm geeked that I have this Stand Up New uh, have this uh, Mad TV audition, yeah. I go on and, and kill because I'm just in the zone. I feel good. 
the next morning I go uh, in front of I think David Salzman producers uh, of Mad TV uh, I'm still geek so I have a great call back uh, fast forward I think a week or two I'm shooting a uh, KFC commercial black man doing chicken commercial what are the chances what so I, uh, <laughs> what? So I did the uh, I'm on the shoot uh, and my agent calls. He's like, uh, "Hey, handsome, I have good news and better news." I'm like, "What's up?" It's like, "Good news is Mad TV. They don't even want to test you. Um, they want to. They're offering you six episodes." My 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 lady, my future wife is pregnant at the time. Um, I'm like, "Oh, okay. What does that mean?" He was like, "Yeah, that means you skipped that. The, normally, there's a screen screening process where you test, and they have to co-sign and say we like and we don't." They're they're saying here's six episodes and if you do well on these six they'll roll to thirteen and so forth you'll be a cast member so I'm like oh wow so this that's what's up I said wait that was you said you have good news and better news I said that's the good news he was, yeah I said well what news is better than that he's like well that night at Stand Up New York people from SNL were in the audience and they saw you and they are interested i was like oh so now what so he's like now i get to do what agents want to do and he got to play both to the center and and, uh fast forward i actually said no to snl initially um because of because of the process i was going to just for laughs which is funny because it's happening right right now now, yeah yeah and uh and i was going to uh montreal as a new face that summer and the concern was because I was going as a new face, what my agent did that was like he took my he took the tape of that showcase that I did and he sent it out to all the networks that were going to be at Montreal. So he created a buzz. My, my friend Ian Edwards, he said, Dean, you had heat. Right. And so he sent this tape out and got all the networks hype saying, yeah, you know, what, SNL wants them. So you guys may want to check him out because it's so. I had people excited to to give me deals, and every, everyone was saying, "Don't go with SNL because they they might." What what can happen is they can they can tell you they can if you if you sign up to screen if you decide that you're going to screen test SNL that means they have first refusal rights, which means they can they can wait forever to tell you whether or not they they're going to hire you and everybody else that might have been interest interested goes elsewhere oh, and wow. then, and then the mad tv thing would just fall apart so um eventually you know this was over course of a couple of weeks i my lawyer that i that i wound up getting because of all of that um he said sometimes you got to have balls and you got to tell people no to get what you want so i was like I just just say no, whatever you know, because I was like, Man TV made the offer first, so I'm fine, you know. It's a, it, whatever. And uh, was that the beginning of Mad TV, or they'd already been on? No, they'd been on since '94. Okay, yeah. I don't remember the history. Yeah, of that show yeah, too much. yeah. Mad TV, I think, started '93, '94. Okay, yeah. like Phil Lamar, Brian Callen. That's know, right. Um, and uh, and uh, Orlando Jones, and um, so. I eventually said no, and then an hour later, I guess my agent came back, and he was like, we were meeting with CBS, and he was like, um, I told them no. They they jumped, and they said, all right, we'll give him an answer um, within a week, which at least took the pressure off of having to wait yeah. three and four callbacks and go through that. Yeah. So that gave me a little buffer, but now I also knew, damn, now I got to really show and prove, you know, Um but once again, I remember reading Eddie Murphy said 
when he auditioned for SNL, you had all these other comics, uh, actually just any black actor in New York City auditioned for it. You know, there was a guy, there was an old commercial for a chorus line, and I remember Eddie Murphy saying, you remember that dude in the commercial, uh, remember that commercial for, for a chorus line where dude's like, give me the ball, give me the ball, give me the ball, yeah! And I was like, I remember that commercial. He was like, that dude was at the audition. So they were just <laughs> auditioning, they needed black dude for SNL, and all these people were like, this is my big break, I gotta, I gotta get it, and Eddie was like, I'm, I'm gonna just go have fun, so... Shoot, Kev, matter of fact, Kevin Hart, Kev, that's my man. Kev, um, Kev called me because I wasn't telling anybody that I was going through all this. Only person knew was my my wife and, or my girlfriend at the time, and Ian Edwards because I had to t- tell someone. I didn't tell because I didn't want my friends like, "Yo, so what's going on?" I, you know, I didn't. That was just gonna add pressure, so I didn't tell yeah. anybody. And uh, and ev- eventually, um, Kev. He was with Three R's with Dave Becky, and he hits me that same summer. We're both we both know we're going to New Faces. I'm like, that's what's up. We're gonna be up there. We're gonna do it. We both gonna we gonna come out of this or something. In the meantime, I'm like, oh well, this is all happening. So I I already have something. Kev calls. He's like, yo, yo, man, I'm I'm auditioning for uh for for SNL. I was like, oh, word. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's dope. He's like, yeah, you know, Dean. You're good with those characters and voices. Can you can you help me? Uh, I need I need help. You know, working on some of these. Some of, I'm, I, I want to do Cisco thong song. Cisco, I have this idea. So I'm like, you know what? He's, he's my friend. I'm kind of I'm and I'm also remember Denzel said in American Gangster, Blue Magic is brand, brand name like Pepsi. Pepsi is brand name. I stand behind it. I guarantee it. So that's how I felt. <laughs> That's how I felt with mine. I was like, you know what? Kevin and I aren't competing with each other, even though they are looking for a black guy to w- fill in uh, the the slot that Jerry Minor uh, was no longer taking. Oh yeah, yeah. Because a lot because Jerry Minor, um, I you, you know it's funny. I did something. As in, remember they did those divas specials on VH1, mm-hmm. which they're bringing back. Mm-hmm. They did one uh, a couple of months prior. I had an afro and they were doing like a we are the a bootleg we are the world they needed someone to play uh Lenny Kravitz so I wound up booking that um so I and Tracy and I knew each other from from the stand up circuit for years so I did it and Jerry Minor was on set playing Puffy but because I at that time I wasn't watching SNL I thought Jerry Minor was just the same way I was hired I thought he was just some dude that uh, Tracy got a gig got a, got a job <laughs> on you know and no, then, that's no disrespect to Jerry I just I right. didn't watch the show so I wasn't familiar yeah. with him and then I I learned who Jerry was that summer as everything was happening because Comedy Central was running SNL repeats yeah. I was like oh shoot that's and to this day you can't Tell me why Jerry is no longer was not no longer on the show after one season because he was good. Mm-hmm. He's, a, he's a talented uh, comedic actor and just talented actor. Yeah. And in the world of SNL, he was winning. He was getting recurring characters on. Um, he had he had uh, s- sketches with other budding stars. He and Horatio were buddies, you know. And so um, the fact that him and Raj were tight, you just thought, okay. So th- to to this day, I'm like, why? Why did y'all? <laughs> who did you piss off, Jerry? You know, and so, uh, or who got pissed at you and decided to to you know do that? You know, and I I always felt bad because I was like, you know, if you're talented, 
in the world. Here's what's funny about this whole political process is is like it's 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 debunking every theory we've learned as far as well if if you work hard and and you don't cheat and <laughs> right and no and, kidding. and you get good grades and and you treat people with respect and you could be president mm-hmm. or yeah. <laughs> insult everybody and you learn that there are a lot of people that that feel the same way you do uh in, in behind closed doors mm-hmm. you know and so um so I did the divas thing and then uh I helped Kev worked on and and eventually I had to tell Kev Hey man, just so you know, I'm uh once once I definitely was testing for SNL. I had to tell him, I said, but you know, I let's let's both go in there and knock it out. And um and I just took walking through I was the last person to audition. I, which I expected. And that's where the army training helped help because I knew we were sitting in, in uh studio eight H uh dressing rooms uh, all day. And we're there for hours. I, I, I think I had to be there at like noon, and I didn't audition until five five thirty. So I'm literally on ice. Like that's why I don't like most. When if you see like anytime I, I I'm on the road, I don't like getting to the show until right when it's showtime because I I just feel like that's just anxious energy mm-hmm. anxiety of me sitting there like man I just want to go on. And it's not it's not nerves not 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 that I'm afraid. It's it's nerves in that I'm anxious. I'm like I want I want to like like sex like like you would a girl and you know y'all gonna get busy like why are we going to movies let's do this <laughs> let's get let's do let's do it first and then we go to the movies let's cut out the netflix and the netflix yeah, out of netflix let's and chill the, yeah, let's just let's chill just chill man you know so uh i sat there too and, and i said you know what that's also a test because i i didn't succumb to all the normal pressures i i there was a change in the normal time that they had to uh let people know and so i i had some because i had some heat my my reps were able to say here we need some some sort of guarantee we know normally you take a month or two, but we need an answer in a week. And they, they said, all right, we'll, we'll give you a week, but you better bring it. And we're going to put you through the, the trial by fire. So you're going to go on last. Right. And and I just I remember walking through the doors of Studio 8H and seeing home base where every host has delivered the monologue since 1975. And you see that. And I just hear Eddie Murphy in my head. Yeah, man, I just I'm just having fun, and so I was so I had a big Kool Aid grin on my face uh-huh. going up. Lauren came, Dean, good to thank you for coming. I'm like, man, thanks for having me. I'm yeah. like, let's go, uh-huh. right? And, and people told me, you know, don't expect laughs, you know, um, because it's it's a hard room and and it's dark. You don't know who's up there judging you. I was I was I was crushing. I was getting I was getting big laughs doing the same doing the same thing that I did at Mad TV. And because it worked at Mad TV, I'm like. Yeah, I'm like I stand behind it. Yeah. I guarantee it. I <laughs> I know, I know you you can sit up, you can sit up in bleachers and act like it's not funny, but you know it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's so so. Uh, but uh, the file that was Thursday, that was Thursday. I think the the twelfth of July, two thousand one, and by Monday, the uh, what's that? The sixteenth. 
my agent called and he said, yeah, Lauren wants to meet with you on Wednesday of this week. And I'm like, and here's what's funny. The whole time I'm like, no, nah, but I got to go. To, I'm leaving for Montreal because th- we'd worked hard for Montreal for years, mm-hmm. right? And so I would, and he was like, we know that. We informed him and Lauren's getting you a ticket to fly up later that afternoon. So once I heard that, I was like, oh, he just wants to size me up now. And I because I had the Afro, um, his uh, Lawrence uh, manager, God, God rest in peace, God rest his soul, Ber- Bernie Brillstein was Lawrence manager. Oh, yeah, and, I know that name. Yeah, good, excellent book. Uh, uh, Where Did I Go Right by Bernie Brillstein. He's worked with everybody from Jim Henson to Lauren Michaels Belushi, and the list goes on. And, uh, and Bernie, um, who was sort of a mentor to my manager at the time, he had informed my manager. He was like, yeah, there's a concern with Dean's hair because uh, they do a lot of wigs and he has an afro. So I got my hair braided on uh, that Monday. And when, so I, when I went in with Lauren and we were talking, he was like, no, your hair. I said, and I, I said, I, I know you, that you guys do a lot of wigs. So I came in with it down so you could see that I can put a wig over this. And that was the end of the conversation because he, he was like, you know, Timmy, Tim Meadows, Timmy, you know, he started off with low hair. But by the end, he had thick dreadlocks. And so he looked like a Klingon with some of those those wigs he was wearing, you know. So I I, I was like, man, I just went, yeah, yeah. Uh, and Lauren Michaels doesn't say you're hired. He, for me, he said uh, at the after sitting thirty forty minutes, she was like, "Good, then we'll see you here." And so I walked out. I didn't know what that meant. And Marcy Klein, one of the producers, is like, uh, "So I'm like, yeah, he's a nice guy." No, what? huh? I said, "I don't, I don't what." Am I hired? She said yes. I was like, oh, so I go in the bathroom and scream, crying, to, head to the airport, calling my family, you know, and telling them, wow, I'm going to Montreal, and now I really don't have to. Yeah, and and, and didn't and couldn't say that I booked it until after my second showcase because otherwise it would have been a wasted uh, slot. And, oh yeah, and you, and you gotta you gotta you know playing the game. You had to. Uh, make it seem like I booked it there, you know, at Montreal, whatever. I was like, all right. And, and then, and I was proud because uh, I felt bad knowing because Kev, who, who's a good, dear friend, you know, didn't get me getting it meant he didn't get right. it, you know. And so I was like, damn. And, and so now I'm going to go up here and I got to lie. And I felt bad about that. Um, because as soon as I got up there later than everybody else went up early that day and you know all the comics in the industry are hanging out buzzing and Kev calls me from from down in the Delta Hotel he's like yo Dean where you at man what, what are you doing I said man I'm tired I just got it come on man we here to hustle this which speaks to who Kevin ultimately became he's all about hustle heart and yeah. and, and his politic and I was like alright man I'll be right down um and I went down and we politicked. And then after our second uh, showcase, um, we I, I remember I was about to go into his uh, go into the green room um, where Kev was. I think we, we there was a second show, and I think I think I might have gone on uh, last. And so I and Dave Becky from Three Arts, who was repping Kev, who still reps Kev, was was uh, sitting there, and he saw. 
and I can see it clearly because I always respected Becky for that because uh, as I got up, he could. T- my agent came and said, "Okay, now you can tell." So Becky was watching. And I saw him watching. I didn't know why he was watching. But as I got up, he walks up. And he, he said, you know, what? do me a favor. Let me let me tell my client that he didn't get it. And I was like, hey, man, that's my friend. I pre I appreciate yeah. you taking care of my friend in that way. You know, and he told him and I walked in and Kev and D. Ray were in there and Kev had a big smile. He was like, yo. And he was proud, you know. Oh, and that's, that's cool, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he was happy. Somehow things worked out for him, Things kind of worked out for the kid, you know. <laughs> so, so, yeah. So, yeah, that was long. That's, that's funny because I always try to tell that story short, but, it, it, you know, it comes out long. But it's, it, I, I, I like sharing that story, no, man. It's a great and story. Giving the whole, all the, all the feelings because it shows that, you know, because, I, like I said, I stunk at that UPN. I was it's awful. Like I'm, I'm still embarrassed about how bad, and and more embarrassed that someone probably has that on tape somewhere. Is your is your SNL tape somewhere? It's not out, but they SNL has it. I, I keep meaning to uh, get Leslie or or Farrell to uh, or even Mike Shea to to give me a copy of it because it's it's because I want I've always said you know what I got to get 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 that for my mom's to see my parents to see you know my yeah. dad passed away but uh you know my mom would like it's just a dope dope piece of history to have on yourself for you sure know? I heard a uh, Horatio Sands was on I don't even know if it was a rerun but I heard him on Howard Stern recently okay and something that stuck out to me that he said about being on SNL was how. Uh, he once got to put on he was talking about being the fat guy yeah. and he was like yeah one time I got to put on a pair of pants and before I'm fastening them I see the inside says John Belushi's pants yeah yeah did you ever have any experiences like yeah, that yeah man I wore the when Eddie Murphy played uh, Stevie Wonder <laughs> when he was like you are black and I am white you are blind as a bat and, and I, I have, have sight, sight. <laughs> uh Eddie had this this braided uh, wig, yeah, with the with the beads with the- or spikes on him. I uh, Catan had a sketch, the action, the uh, it was like a, the action talk show where he was like an action like an Antonio Banderas type of character, and I was his sidekick, the big black henchman that didn't really say anything, just kind of looked and stared. And I wore that wig, and I didn't even realize it till maybe the second time we did that. I think I like during that time I had seen a rerun, and I was like, "Oh, this is." Uh, I don't know if Eddie's name was on it, but I was like, "This is the same, same wig," because those wigs are thousands of dollars, sure. You know, so they they don't they don't toss them; they use them. Yeah, yeah. So I, that that was the one that for me, I was like, "Okay, I've." I've been validated. Yeah, you know, and Eddie was your guy. Like that was yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, still is, still, still is. is. I, I still, I'm, I'm chasing the same way. Uh, when Denzel won his second Oscar, and Sidney Poitier had just received a Lifetime Achievement, and Denzel was like, "Sidney, I'm still chasing you. I'm, I'm chasing Eddie. Okay. I, I'm not chasing him. Like, like we all are, are." are Wanting to just be our best selves and and one like I'm not competing with anybody out yeah. here. Um, 
I don't think there's a chance that you can even necessarily achieve what Eddie Murphy has achieved. You know, even though, like, Kev, for instance, with Kev, Kev is the, the hottest comic on the planet. Doing um, shows at mm-hmm. stadiums. At stadiums, you know. And, and there are people like like uh, another friend, another good friend, uh, Russell Peters, who, who we both sort of started up in, uh, like, western New York, Canada area. So I've known Russell since the early 90s. And Russ could probably sell out those same um, arenas that, that, well, has, you know, they've both done like the O2 arena in London and Madison Square Garden, Barclays Center in Brooklyn. Um, And I'm sure that if Russell Peters wanted to, he probably could sell out uh, a football stadium-sized arena as well. Um, I think the the one difference that, that you face is, currently at least, Kev has had some uh, some more uh, movie uh, success successes as, or movie opportunities, mm-hmm. you know, um, and that and that's really that's a shame on Hollywood's part because there's a the, the Asia loves Russell Peters. That's two thirds of the of the population of of the planet. Yeah. Loves this dude, and so you're supposed to. If you're in Hollywood, you're supposed to say we gotta we gotta find somewhere to. To put this guy. Yeah, no kidding. You know, you know what I mean? It only and makes so, sense. Yeah, and so, and that's not to, they're both talented individuals in their in their own uh, respects. But um, I'm, I'm looking forward to the same success that they have. Uh, but, I, but I'm chasing Eddie. Like they, everything they, they do, Eddie did on some scale and dropped the mic and, and stepped away because he was such a big movie star that he didn't have to and not to say that that any of them have to do it you do it cuz you love it yeah. you know Eddie Eddie was think about it, he was you know delirious he was what 22 I think so he was, he was 22 years old Roy he might have been like 20 25 26 27 mm-hmm. you know um he was ahead of everybody and so he's still and and his movies probably grossed you know, five, six billion dollars, you know, and, and so that's what I'm I'm chasing I'm chasing Eddie. To me, the offspring of Eddie Murphy, uh, if you took the stand up and took the act the the feature film star, the offspring of that is if Will Smith and Kev combined like Will Smith's box office with Kev's stand-up success is the closest you get you can get yeah. to achieving what Eddie Murphy's achieved on a global scale um because Eddie you recognize his laugh you know mm-hmm. you didn't you didn't need to see him you hear the laugh you know it's him oh yeah you know you hear the characters you knew it was him you 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 you're the, the, the quick voice and you you knew it was Eddie Murphy right you know, um, I just found out my wife hasn't seen Police Academy, oh, not Police Academy, a Beverly Hills Cop. Oh, okay, pardon me, has not seen Beverly Hills Cop. <laughs> she never saw Michael Winslow. <laughs> Probably not that either, but we didn't talk about that. <laughs> you know, uh, oh wow, wow, that's wow, wow. Yeah, you're not gonna fall for the on the tailpipe. You gotta see, <laughs> brothers. You can, you gotta say, look, man, I ain't falling for no banana my tailpipe. See, it flows. It's more naturally with us. <laughs> Are you guys BT? We're the A team, and we're not gonna fall for the. You're not gonna fall for that. And that's why Eddie, because Eddie is a dude just like there's a kid right now that is watching Ride Along, and I was watching Ride Along too on the flight out here. There's a kid that's watching that and rewinding that and quoting Kev. Yeah, right now. Mm-hmm. I was that kid. 
you know, that and, and we all were. Chris Rock was that kid. Aerie Spears, mm-hmm. Avion Crockett, you know, uh, Bill Hader. Like we all came up emulating this young, foul mouthed kid, mm-hmm. you know, slinging, taking what Richard Pryor did and and pushing it into the stratosphere with yep. not with not as much of a political or socio economical uh uh edge to it you know Eddie was was the was the buffered down version you know just similar to Bill Cosby was the was the buffered down Dick Gregory you know Cosby like uh, Cosby attributes a lot of his success to to uh, his success as a stand up to uh, did you to Dick Gregory you know <laughs> did you hear about uh, the, there's a controversy with uh, Rudy Huxtable. Oh, Did you know that? No. <laughs> I got it on my iPad. Oh, I got to break this. Uh, where is it now? Oh, wow. uh, she She's pregnant. She's announced that she's pregnant. Uh, the problem is she's separated for her from her husband that is filed for divorce. Oh. And he wants a paternity test. Mm. What happened to our little Rudy Huxtable? Little Rudy. But, you know, that's what's always weird about everybody. Think about, like, we all, when we were younger, watched Who's the Boss saying, yo, one day Alyssa Milano's going to fill out kind of nice. You knew it was happening. Damn right I was saying that. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and it was fine for us to say. More like her same Because age. we were off age with her. Yeah. But you all, I remember watching saying, yo, she, she, uh... She's competing with with Angela, you know, like she, <laughs> you know, she, there's a, she, she, and she, for, she had a, a youthful sex appeal for, for kids her age, like, like you and I. Yeah. Um, but you also said, you know, it, when, and when she got older, like on Charmed, you were like, all right, she's legal now. So am I. Mm-hmm. Right. Rudy. Rudy. Keisha Knight Pulliam. Yes. Um, Let's show her respect. Keisha. Yeah. Keisha Knight Pulliam. You always looked looked at like, um, nah, she's still Rudy. I remember seeing her in a in a Tyler Perry movie. Don't ask me why I was watching. No, um, I was watching. She was in a Tyler Perry movie. She was playing a prostitute. Uh-oh. And I remember I was like, someone nah. save her. Well, in my mind, I was like, <laughs> nah. I just I I I didn't go for it. I couldn't go. I was like, you're Rudy. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I, I just can't. Uh... She's more like the girl who talks her friend who's a prostitute out of being a prostitute. Right, right. Ease, ease us into it. Don't don't go <laughs> yeah. full on. You you went full on. Yeah. You can't go full on. No, no. Maybe no. maybe a topless bar. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like 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 coyote ugly. Yeah. You know. Yeah. D- dance on the bar and and let Tyra Banks let us watch her chest. <laughs> but you're you're Rudy. I love it, dude. We have been here a long time. Have we? Yeah. I want to. Oh, uh, wow. I want to. What are the, I just want to. Yeah, yeah. I'm not getting it. Um, the next year, like, what are you working on now? Right now, it's funny. It's funny you would ask. I, I actually, you ever wind up into something and then you're like, maybe I shouldn't have said that. I said this last night on stage. Right now, um, like I said, you can. Uh, uh, the NFL season's about to start. Um, I did, last season we did Sunday NFL countdown sketches with my man Frank Caliendo pulled me into the fold, and um, I started from me doing like playing Richard Sherman in this sketch um, two Super Bowls ago, and then last at the beginning of last season, or maybe maybe by week week five, four or five, like mid October. The producers from ESPN said, uh, we, um, would you 
you think that's something you'd be interested in doing more of, which makes sense because as brilliant as Caliendo is, they they do need someone of color to play <laughs> some of the other characters. So they. Uh, what do you mean? I've seen his Barkley, <laughs> which, which, which is brilliant, you know. <laughs> um, and so they uh, they they brought me in, and we did um, did a couple of uh, sketches last year for Sunday NFL Countdown. Where where uh, uh, where uh, I was playing Mike Tomlin, uh, the coach of the Pittsburgh uh, Steelers, uh, and uh, he says a lot. And uh, your face uh, blinking, yeah, kind of looking. Yeah. Um, like, like, like you can't surprise Mike Tomlin, right? <laughs> Mike Tomlin always is surprised. Surprise! I saw you. Uh, you didn't see my eyes. Um, he coached here, you know. For the he was a Vikings defensive right. coordinator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, and, and so I'm doing more of those. We actually were. I just spoke to one of the producers from ESPN on Monday, and I think we're shooting something for Week One. Um, so that that'll probably be what uh, like. I guess early September. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Um, and, and I'm hoping – I did four last year, so I'm hoping to do – I did one – no, I did two with Caliendo and two on my own. So I did four last year. So I'm hoping this season we'll, I'll get at least six. Um, because every, everyone really liked the uh, Stephen A. Smith – Oh, Everyone loved uh, what I did. That that was our most uh, retweeted. Stephen A. Smith uh, <laughs> tweeted something about it, and it, it's preposterous because because Stephen A. Smith goes very low. We don't know what he's saying, and then immediately he's screaming, "Skip Bayless, you're not on the show anymore, but I'm still here." So we're we're, we're doing that. Uh, CC, you know, I'm going to bring back Chris Carter. You know, H O F or till I die. <laughs> you know, and uh, and a couple, a couple more. And, uh, and you got you got Have you done them with uh, Jay Farrow's uh, Shannon no, Sharp? No, no, that's that's funny. No, I haven't. That's funny. That's funny. Um, because Jay did. I remember sending Jay after he did. I think he did Stephen A. And then I just happened to catch a clip of it. I sent him something on it. So when they asked me to do it, I was like, here, I don't want anybody like, oh, you should. And so I stopped. I said, here, I don't want to even see what Jay, it was, lo- it was enough time had passed over a year had passed. So I said, here, I'm not going to step on the toes of his rendition. Yeah. That's the thing with impressions is you find a nuance and you make, make that your, your focal point. Yeah. So, so with, so with Denzel, uh, you know, physically he uses his hands a lot and his fingers and he points a lot and he, he smiles and, and, and everything, you know, we with Tracy, you got, you got to let your face hang. You got to let, you got to have your face hanging off, off, off your chin. Can you say I'm Brian Fellows? I'm Brian Fellows. <laughs> I don't know why y'all came here expecting me to do that. I, t- I t- I'm, a, I'm an adult. I tell Sarah, I, t- I talk about everything from the Rudy to the Tootie. <laughs> I love that chocolate starfish. <laughs> you know, um, and so so yeah. So that's so I have that uh, coming up in the immediate future. Right. Just just shot um, just shot something uh, that is being sold right now. So. Uh, uh, Sort of in in the world of it's comedy meets travel meets uh, uh, lifestyle type show. Um, I I had something I was pitching and and uh, to a couple of production companies and one of the particular production companies I met with Silent Crow Arts. Um, they they dug me and before I even pitched my idea, they were like, "We have this idea. We've been." trying to find the right person and you might fit the bill 
and I pulled in my producer from uh, my podcast, The Father Monkey Protocol, Joseph Vesey. So he and I just shot this thing a couple of weeks ago, and now now they're shopping that. Okay. Um, yeah, I'll keep an eye out. I'm still preparing. Like the the I'm on the road because I'm preparing a special. You know where the special will land? I have no idea. Yeah. However, uh, inshallah, that's for all my Muslim uh, brethren out there. I'm not I'm not Muslim, um, uh, but I because I've done a lot of tours through the Middle East, both for the military and for the locals. Um, certain certain verbiage has has stuck with me, and I just like how inshallah, which means uh, you know by the grace of God. You know, it, um, it will happen. So I, I am breathing into existence that the comedy special, whenever I do shoot it, it's a revolutionary comedy special in that it speaks to a generation that says the same way when I was a kid. Eddie Murphy delirious. Did you see? I want I want people doing that. I want people like, yo, did you see that dude, Dean Edwards? Because mm-hmm. right now people know me, but they don't know me. Right now I'm that, yo, that dude with the afro is fun. Oh, he cut his hair, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like right now I'm that dude, but I want to be, I, or I will be, I am that guy that people are going to say, yo, Dean Edwards, man, that that dude is hilarious. And that's that's what I'm shooting for. And in the meantime, I'm also if this is for all of, all of your fans that are in the military, because I love giving back to uh, to my, my brothers in, in arms. Uh, I'm doing a tour of 12 Air Force bases. Uh, beginning at the end of uh, at the end of September, and I'm just going to plug some of the names of the of the base. Like I'm pointing, like 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 your producer saying, "We got to we got <laughs> to cut." Just one moment. Uh, just, one, just give me um, one minute. Damn, I'm looking for uh, what, what, because the tour because I, I was actually excited about it because um, you know I've been I I, I love giving back. To uh, okay, so here, here we go. Uh, you can catch me uh, Dover Air Force Base, Delaware, uh, Thursday, September 29th. Seymour Johnson Air Force Base, Goldsboro, uh, North Carolina, Friday, uh, September 30th, October 1st in Sumter, South Carolina, Shore Air Force Base. Uh, excuse me, I feel like Bill Maher at the end of uh, at the end of Real Time, where he plugs all his dates. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the the second block is October sixth, seventh, and eighth. I'll be at McConnell Air Force Base in Wichita, Kansas, uh, Kirkland Air Force Base, Albuquerque, New Mexico, and Luke Air Force Base, Glendale, Arizona. Uh, then October thirteenth, fourteenth, fifteenth, I'll be at Peterson Air Force Base, Colorado Springs, uh, Colorado, Malmstrom Air Force Base, Great Falls, Montana, Fairchild Air Force Base, Spokane, Washington, and then the final uh, week. Uh, which is October tw- uh, 20th through 22nd. I'm Dias Air Force Base in Abilene, Texas. Goodfellow uh, in San Ange- Angelo, Texas, and Lachlan in Del Rio, Texas, on the 22nd of October. Uh, and I'm th- and I'm think I'm still I'm I'm pondering shooting some of it and then building up to like the final show because you know I I've done a bunch of tours and like I said uh, we we've done Aludid in Qatar and uh, and uh, Al Jabir in Kuwait. And and you know the the military doing the shows for the military is so great, especially overseas because they're so appreciative yeah. that you just traveled 
16 hours to entertain them. Now, yeah, they're paying you, but more than that, it's just bonding with with the uh, with the troops, man, because they're they're sacrificing. A lot. So I can I can sacrifice 30 hours of travel time to mm-hmm. go to go entertain, and and they give it up, you know. So I'm looking forward to. Uh, Shout out to all, 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 all my people, all my soldiers out there, um, you know, protecting our liberties and freedoms. Um, and for everybody that you know has something negative to say about the military, understand that they are not making the rules; they are just following the the uh, the orders issued. And when they they when they uh, you know swore in and, and were bound to that contract, you have to respect that they they're they're doing. As as they are told, yep. um, for for greater good in in their minds. So salute to uh, to everybody in the everybody Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, who are you know, <laughs> and uh, and the national National Guard and reservists and and even uh, them, yeah, even them. You know what I mean? And uh, and shout out once again. Check out the Father Monkin Protocol podcast on all things comedy. When's new, the next one coming? New out? episode will be up this. I, I like I said, I would have done this week. I was supposed to do this week, uh, but we we were hectic. But new episode this this coming Monday. When when will this drop today? Should boom. So y'all y'all can check out the episode uh, from last from last week that we did. Um, I think what was that? The Father Monkin. Uh, the Father Muckin ah, shooting episode, mm-hmm. I think. And uh, don't shoot me. The Father Muckin don't shoot episode. And next week, I, I probably, uh, the next episode, I'll probably talk about doing this podcast. Give me the name of the podcast. No Laugh no Track. No Laugh Track. Yeah. Sure, Acme's it, official. Acme's official. Hosted here at Acme. Here, here at Acme. Yes. So I'm looking forward to uh, promoting. And, and yeah, the next episode will be up next Monday. And I will be talking about the remainder of my my weekend my week, really, my birthday week. Um, yeah, here at uh, Acme Comedy Company. Right on, man. Uh, happy birthday! Thanks, Justin. Congrats on the anniversary. Yeah. Uh, happy birthday to your wife. Yes, sir. And uh, enjoy and salute to, to to Justin for wearing. Like I'm looking out in the audience <laughs> for wearing the Empire Strikes Back, not knowing that I'm a big Star Wars head. Know. But but we we bonded over. Uh, Oh, Lord Vader. <laughs> oh, Justin, he lies with me, Skywalker. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, no, that that was probably one of my first impressions was was James Earl Jones, you know. Your powers are with, like the whole the whole first. I've been waiting for you, Obi-Wan. We meet again at last. The circle is now complete. When I met you, I was but the learner. Now I am the master. You're only a master of evil, Darth. Do you ever notice everybody in outer space has an English accent? <laughs> You're only a master of evil, Darth. <laughs> pip, pip. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Dean. Thanks, brother. I appreciate it. Bam.